0: Today we are facing some of the greatest challenges of our lives, from our health to political unrest, the environment, financial uncertainty, and the nation's racial divide. Welcome to Bill Myers Inspires. My idea for this show was to invite guests and get the conversation started, to take a deep dive into the issues that impact our world with an eye to exploring solutions, And we encourage our listeners to look within themselves to take decisive action to make a positive difference. Welcome to Bill Myers Inspires right here on the Inspired Choices Network. We have a great show lined up for you today. Uh, I am going to uh, uh, give you a little overview and we'll get this party started. Uh, The title of our show today is Stories of Blacks in History. And our guest today is TV director, Mr. Gerald Harkness. So the the stories of blacks in America who made significant contributions to its history is largely not included in American history books and educational curriculum. This deliberate racial biasing toward white achievements in America's history has a devastating effect on how whites see blacks. And over time on how blacks see themselves. Uh, I'm excited to introduce our guest today, Mr. Gerald Harkness. He, uh, Studio Auteur, is a content creation company specializing in documentaries. CEO Gerald Harkness has over 25 years of documentary production experience and has produced and directed for Paramount TV, UMC, ESPN, VH1, A&E, PBS, and the NCAA. Notable awards include a National Emmy, Best Documentary for the International Academy of Web TV, a Webby nomination, and various festival selections and awards. Recent work includes a documentary short called Wesley for the multiple award-winning Election Effects Series, for Paramount TV and distributed by Facebook in 2018. In 2018, Studio Artur produced the docudrama series entitled True First, which celebrates forgotten and overlooked African American trailblazers and pioneers for the Urban Movie Channel. Mr. Harkness has been the producer of a number of independent and broadcast documentaries, including a national Emmy for his work on ESPN's Sports Century series. His first documentary, Steppen, in 1992, won the National Educational Gold Apple Award, making it eligible for an Academy Award nomination. Steppen also won the 1994 Pan-African People's Choice Award. His second documentary, Facing the Facade won the Indiana Film Festival's Best Documentary and People's Choice Award. Gerald produced The Game of Change, which was selected for the 2008 Heartland Film Festival. Harkness's national broadcast credits include Game of Change and The Al Unser Story for the Emmy Award-winning Sports Century Series for ESPN Classics. Seven Days Left with Queen Latifah for VH1, and The Andy Gibbs Story for A&E Biography. Other broadcast documentary projects that aired in Indiana are Living as a Legend, The Damon Bailey Story, The Men on Monfort Point, The First Black Marines, and Eyewitness to a Century, the Indianapolis Recorder newspaper. Ladies and gentlemen, it is it is indeed my pleasure and an honor to introduce to you my good friend, Mr. Gerald Harkness. Welcome, Gerald.
1: Bill, man, you uh thanks for uh reading the accolades, brother. That was very, very nice of you, man. You took all my talking points, all this stuff we we're gonna talk about.
0: <laughs> well, you did the work, man. I just had to read. That's all. You know, reading is fundamental, you know.
1: There you go. There you go.
0: Yeah, man. Well, I am excited to have you here on Bill Myers Inspires. You know, we've talked about this this year's show and it it's been, you know, right. long in the making. So, I'm I'm happy to share this space with you at this time.
1: Oh, brother, I'm honored to be here and uh uh excited about the dialogue we're about to have.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: So, so Gerald, let's let's just
0: dive right in. I I am curious what your take is on uh, the The premise that I set up, which is black history and how it is largely not covered in the American history narrative that we are taught in school
1: Why do you yeah, suppose that
0: is the case?
1: You know why that happens is um a very deep and systemic answer um maybe even you know definitely above my my pay grade. But I was thinking about, you know, Bill, since we've been talking about this topic, because you grew up, you grew up in Indianapolis too, didn't you? Because I grew up in Indianapolis. Yeah. And so I was thinking about this. I I was very, very fortunate to go to a couple of private schools when I grew up. Um, I went to St. Luke Catholic School for, um, from first grade to eighth grade, and then I went to Cathedral High School. But I Mm -hmm. remember, Bill, my parents, um, were always very um, supportive, encouraging, of learning beyond what was taught in the classroom, and they always made sure that I went to events that talked about black history, um, saw movies that celebrated black history. I was a really big comic book fan, but I remember buying um, um, a couple of uh, black history comic book series. I remember having a Frederick Douglass comic book because for some reason I don't know I just was grow, I just grew up really fascinated with uh with African American history and going to St. Luke it was absolutely predominantly white it was a great experience made some wonderful friends that I still have today but my school I was one of two African American kids in my class and the reason why I bring up St. Luke is that I remember uh I was think I was maybe 4th or 5th grade I went up to my art teacher And said that I had just recently got a gift from my family and I wanted to share it with the class. And it was a collection of uh, paintings on great African-American heroes. And Hmm. I got in front of the class, man, and gave my little presentation and said, you know, here's, you know, uh, Dr. Charles Drew and here's Martin Luther King and here's Harriet Tubman. And I literally gave a lecture. Um, because I felt it was just so important, and I felt like I want y'all to know these stories because they're important to me. So I think that that interest and that intrigue has always been in me. And, um, you know, you and I had the good fortune, or I had the good fortune of working with you on on True First, but as you Mm -hmm. were reading my my credits, um, you, you know, I had forgotten the first, Documentary I produced and directed That dealt with African-American history Was The Men of Montfort Point Which, the first black Marines Which, their story has been largely overlooked And it's its, its an amazing um, Tale of so many heroic African-Americans Who, um, you know, faced racism um, While fighting for their country Which was always such a fascinating Dichotomy of thought so now what um, what what
0: war was it that they that they enge- that they were engaged in?
1: Yeah, so they they um they were engaged in World War II and mm-hmm. they um fought um the, um in the Pacific Islands. I remember they talked a lot about Iwo Jima, but I remember one of the sound bites um was when they were driving from cross-country to get to San Diego um, for their basic training. And Mm -hmm. here they are traveling the country about to fight for their country, and there were restaurants that wouldn't allow them to eat in their diners. You know, one guy said there was a sign, no dogs, no blacks, no Hispanics, no animals allowed. And so just Mm -hmm. imagine what that does to your psychology, man, when you are – asked to put your life on the line for a country that doesn't fully doesn't see you as a full citizen so so I've been very very fortunate man you know how hard it is to to get a story off the ground um in the world of media and and, um the men of Montfort Point was the one that that um that gave me the opportunity to kind of go into a, a more historical documentary and uh I'll never forget that experience it was it was um started by a mentor of mine named um uh Chris Duffy. Um uh-huh. I was good friends with his in in so anyway I had to give Mr. Duffy credit. He passed away many years ago but he had always wanted to do something on the first black Marines and I was very honored to have the uh opportunity to direct that particular project.
0: Wow, that's incredible. Uh so is there is, is that available anywhere that that we could share with the guests?
1: Uh here here's the heartbreaking truth. So it's not Um, in addition to it, not being available um, somehow the master and raw footage got discarded. This was back in the mid nineties bill. So we were still shooting everything on beta and um, um, there was some confusion in the tape room. And so all of the footage got destroyed, which is, uh, which is pretty heartbreaking, Mm -hmm. but, but, but nonetheless, I really learned a lot from that project. It was, was the fourth documentary that i had done by that point and mm-hmm. um it was um you know it was my first time tackling a historical subject like that and and yeah. so uh it was definitely challenging but and learned a lot and i think you know the when you, you you know this from from all the artistic stuff you do you know one project just prepares you for the next project and so on and so forth so
2: right
0: absolutely absolutely so yeah, that that's a fascinating you know story, and and it and it really is tragic that that we will not yeah. be able to to access that. But you know uh, these things they do prepare you for the next one. You know these things do yeah. happen. Um, those unfortunate um, happenstances, losing footage and and things becoming yeah. destroyed, and you know yeah. it 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 is a part of the part of the game that a lot of people don't realize so um yeah, I can they affirm <laughs> I right. can affirm, you know, that when you didn't hit that save button and you go, Oh, <laughs> oh my <laughs> yeah. yeah <that's>
1: right, <laughs> and you have man. to walk and away in walk away in a, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, away know, in a circle
0: and... for about fifty minutes. <laughs> yeah
1: you do. Yeah you do. That one hurt because that one hurt because, you know, we have put a, a ton of hard work into it. And, and like I said, that was my last analog project, Bill. Everything else I did after that was digital, you know, Avid finally kind of came into play out. and became yeah. part of the mainstream. Yeah. But, uh but yeah, live and learn, you know, both, yes, sir. both creatively and business wise. So
0: yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you know i am uh you know i'm I'm so excited there is so much to 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 talk about here and uh and I'm again grateful to have you on the show today to to sort of dive into some of the complexities about getting historic stories of blacks
1: uh <laughs>
0: out into the yeah. public sphere you know um yeah. yeah and it seems that we've done uh, you know a pretty decent job in, in of late with regards to yeah. some stories that have been able to penetrate the market and and find their way usually via feature films believe it or not i mean um as yeah. opposed to documentary i mean some some yeah. uh, what was the story with the uh, the astronauts uh, just recently the, the females that uh, uh black women that that were so uh, instrumental in what, was, what yes, was that? Oh my
1: gosh. Your listeners are gonna kill us both for not remembering the title, but there's been <laughs> there's been the you know, the biopic of Harriet Tubman that just recently came out. Yeah. Um uh-huh. a, a, a bi a biopic. Uh, Thurgood Marshall, uh mm-hmm. Reginald Hudlin directed that one. Uh the yeah. Jesse Owens movie, the James Brown movie, um the Jackie Robinson movie, which wasn't a complete bio. So you're right. Um, you know, Hollywood is really not about being creative. Um, It's about selling tickets and selling subscriptions and and so on and so forth. And so I think um, I think um, I might have the dates wrong, but I think the critical and commercial success of Ray um, was 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 very, very important to the Hollywood landscape because, you know, Jamie Foxx just knock that out, knock that out the box. And, um, and because of that success, um, you know, you start to see that Hollywood, you know, they're they're not going to probably do more than one, but studios see, okay, there is a marketplace for this. There is a way that we can get a return on the investment. And so, um, so, so features scripted, scripted features, um, have been doing well in the marketplace, and then with cable, yeah. you know, Lifetime is doing a lot of black female biopics. Um, right, right. You know, Netflix is Netflix is really up in the game as far as, but but in my world, which is which is primarily documentaries, surprisingly, um, it has been an uphill battle. Um, yeah, I, I can't really quite figure out why. Um, well, but well, I let's think take that, a. Let, let's...
0: Mm -hmm. Let's let's
1: let's take a hold that
0: thought right there, because I got a feeling we're getting ready to jump into chapter two (laughs) of this conversation. So I just want to give you an opportunity to take a breath and for us to take a break. You're listening to Bill Myers Inspires right here on the Inspired Choices Network. Stick with us and we'll be right back in just a moment.
2: Are you a subject matter expert? Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email Become a Host at Inspired You're listening to Bill
0: Myers Inspires here on the Inspired Choices Network. We're here every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Thank you for joining us. And now, let's get back to the conversation. You're listening to Bill Myers Inspires right here on the Inspired Choices Network. I'm Bill Myers, and my guest today is Gerald Harkness, TV director and producer. So, so Gerald, we were just talking about uh, the Hollywood um, uh, sort of commercial buy-in that that was perhaps prompted by the great success of Ray. Uh, and right. Jamie Foxx's amazing performance, and 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 certainly getting an Oscar doesn't uh, doesn't hurt that profile either. <laughs> <laughs>
1: exactly, exactly.
0: So, but but I think you, as you just mentioned right before, then we we said that uh, your specialty, you know, has primarily been in the in the realm of documentaries, and right. you alluded to my participation in one of these uh documentary series that you did for Urban Urban Movie Channel called True First. Now, I before I let you get into that, I just want to say publicly how proud I am uh of you and your effort because that series um and that season uh detailed many 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 stories and I was probably only familiar with maybe one out of wow. that entire yeah. lot and yeah. uh, and yeah. and even the gentleman that you had asked me to come in and to to portray in that in mm-hmm. that series I had no idea who <laughs> he was and and so the beautiful yeah. thing is I got a chance to learn something um along yeah. the way and that that's so important my grandfather said every day that I was with him up until his very last day on this planet he would always say to me Bill, you learn something every day. And yes, so, um, uh, you know, so I did learn something, and I, I have you to thank for that. But now that I've thank done you. all that lathering and, and drum roll for <laughs> you, I, I, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I want to now have you tell us about this amazing series called True First.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, first of all, I, got to, I, I it did pop to me during the break. Hidden Figures is the movie about the uh, black female. Ah, America, so yes. terrible to me that I, that, that I didn't recall that right then. So, yeah, so True First um, was actually an idea from a good friend of mine that I went to high school with named John Walton. And um, I won't go into the details, but John had that, – because that, I want to get to the point about the network, but John – um had contacted me and talked to, talked to me about he had some ideas that he wanted to try to uh, get into the marketplace, and he had an investor attached. And so uh, John and I met, and he went through about three or four ideas, but he came up with the idea called True First, which um, I immediately jumped on. I think John had maybe a different idea for how the narrative was going to go. But mm-hmm. once he told me that, I was like "Look look brother i I know how to do this, and I know how to put this together and um, my business partner at the time uh fronted some money, and so we produced the pilot um um on stage coach mary and so um that's always a risk bill because you know you're literally putting money into something that you don't know if you're gonna get a return." Fortunately, I had a relationship with uh, the lady who was building the library for Urban Movie Channel at the time, Angela Northington. Mm -hmm. And um, when I told Angela about it, she's like, okay, that does sound like something that I would want to support. So um, we were able to come up with an eight-episode deal, and um, during – the production of the deal, um, Urban Movie Channel, actually got sold to AMC Networks, so a whole new regime uh, came mm-hmm. into play, and that um, and, and that certainly affected the history, or, or, or I should say the, the, the future of the series with Urban Movie Channel. All that said, I appreciate you saying that you learned something new because, you know, we did try to showcase eight – African-Americans and tell stories that that most people did not know about. And um, from what I could tell, Bill, the you know, I was really, really pleased with the response because everyone had that same reaction that you did. You know, I would see on Facebook blacks and whites Mm -hmm. reacting to it. There was a white lady who said, oh, my gosh, I had no idea there was a lady named Shirley Chisholm and she ran for president. Um, Wow. There were people who talked about you saying I had no idea there was this guy named Frederick McKinley Jones who had no high school or college education, but he was responsible for multiple patents, including, you know, the first refrigerated truck. I had no idea that it was Moses. Moses Fleetwood Walker was a baseball player who segregated the league until Jackie Robinson integrated the league almost 50 years later. Um, PJ Wilson directed an amazing episode about, um, Disco Mario, the first, um, the first DJ, um, he filmed all of his episode in New York. Um, it was, it's an amazing episode. Sister Rosetta Tharpe mm-hmm. um, considered one of the first rock and rollers because she really, um, um, took gospel music and kind of made it into a little bit more of a secular, popular music style and she influenced everyone from Chuck Berry to Elvis to to Jerry Lee Lewis. So mm. sorry to sorry to rattle off, you know, some of these episodes, but I get excited about it because it's it is part of our history. And, and America has a very complicated but inclusive history. But for whatever reasons, um still to this day, unless it's the month of February we're really not talking about the the um contributions and achievements of African Americans. So um so it was an honor well, to work on True First. It was the hardest thing I have ever had to do, but uh but we did the best we could with the circumstances.
0: No, it was it was it was awesome. And uh, you know, and, and even when you mentioned, you know, uh with the exception of of Black History Month, unfortunately. <laughs> You know, it yeah. still winds up becoming the, you know, the cardboard cutouts that were, you know, placed along, you know, on the ceiling or sort of, you know, bordering the room, you know, with the Martin Luther King, the, the you know, Harriet right. McLeod Mac- uh, Bethune, uh, yeah. you know what I mean, that the, the George Washington Carver, it, it it still becomes Frederick Douglass, it becomes that, that like 10 or so that right. we just continue to go back and visit and visit. And the, the disservice right. is the fact that truly, there are thousands of people yeah. in the course of hundreds of years who have made remarkable contributions, um, inventors, scientists. I mean, in every walk, it's not just, you know, basketball players and
1: rappers, you that's know? That's exactly right, Bill. That's exactly right. And, yeah.
0: and that's, that's what's so unfortunate is that it gets boiled down, you know, to, to this very narrow thing that I think really does have a psychological effect when we look about uh, and, and look into race relations, because you know, if, uh, if if all the heroes in our history books are white, mm. okay, I'm just want I just mm. want to go, then then there is naturally a a a a pridefulness in white right. people that and 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 an equivalency that says, you know, success or heroics uh, becomes synonymous with white. It, 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 you know, yeah. you know and, and so and and there's nothing wrong with pride. It's just that there are many things to be proud about. And that's we right. have been talking about in this in this series, uh, Gerald. It's It's been about taking a deep look into racism. And that's why I was so interested in speaking with you, because we can talk about not only the stories uh, of which there are many that people do not know. Um, right. Including African-Americans not knowing uh, about oh, yeah. <laughs> their own Absolutely. history. So so yeah. it, it, it's so important to share and and use by any means necessary to get these stories out. But but I think that the industry in the midst of uh, our capitalistic society and, and we just have to do <laughs> right. what sells, um, right. this is where a lot of the decisions uh, uh, get made that do not promote the real truth or the historic significance because, you know, at the end of the day, it's better just to, you know, drop a beat on there and, you know, see some dancing (laughs) going on. You know what I mean? Right. A little rump shaker or
1: something. You know, I mean, really. Yeah, Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I mean, you know, a lot of people, um, Bill, you and I have talked about this endlessly, is that you know people really think that hollywood is this idea driven industry and of course ideas and content are the lifeblood of the industry but hollywood's really more like a bank and they have to weigh they have to weigh what is the financial risk um or what is the least financial risk that i can take because a lot of these brothers and sisters who get into positions of making decisions um, I have found personally a majority of them become far more conservative, not in an ideological way, but in more of a, I don't really want to hey. take risks because I don't want to mess up what I got. I remember right. meeting with a with a brother who worked at a, a pretty big international distribution um, um, studio, and he mm-hmm. said to me, he's like, you know what, man, I would love to make a movie like Love Jones every year but my formula is this i do comedy specials I, you know i've got the formula down i film where there's tax incentives i send it I sell it to Comedy Central then i sell it to BET then i strip the audio and i sell it on iTunes that's all i do because he didn't <laughs> want to take a risk he didn't wow. want to, he didn't want to say well maybe we should do something like The Truth First or like um you know this movie or that movie and so um so, Is it because so way, that the
0: opportunities are so narrow that are and are so few that are that are entrusted to the the community of of black producers, black directors, filmmakers, so on and so forth? That the opportunities are so uh, sparse that yeah, you can't afford to yeah. take a risk. You know, you know yeah, what I mean. Yeah, you, you're yeah, just trying to I hold do. on. You know,
1: you're just trying to hold on, man. And so. You know, you and I have discussed this when um, I started dealing with a new regime about a second season of True First. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they were very, very lukewarm at best to it because they knew that they had other docudrama series of more racier storylines than black history that were probably doing numbers that doubled what we were doing. So, you know, from the studio's perspective, they're like, all right, I got this docudrama mm-hmm. series about um, strippers where I got this documentary series about black history and I'm getting these type of numbers for the strippers compared right. to that do- type of number for the black history. It's being real. Yeah, I'm going, I'm gonna going with the business. pole dancers. Gonna, yeah. <laughs> right. I got to I got to right. I got to go with the pole. And right. so, you know, and so, and so, you know, it, it is, that's just the reality of the situation and right. um you know true first is something that um um I, I will say this let me back up i will say that i do think the situation's improving greatly bill i i, I really really do i think there are a lot more opportunities for um, inclusive stories um, stories about people of color uh in hollywood I do see a lot more uh, uh, African-Americans in positions to make decisions. Um, And and it's very, very exciting to to see. Um, I don't know if it's a moment or a movement, but a lot of projects that you and I have talked about um, seem to be, you know, they seem to, the industry is listening a lot more. Now, again, they, they, they could go back to saying, you know, now we're going back to the poll next year. I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> but for now, and, 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 and the industry's changing because, um, you know, Netflix is like crack, you know, Amazon's right. like crack, Hulu's like crack. They've got to keep giving you so much new content to keep right. you coming back that the demand for content, it's never been like this before, man. It's never, you know ever been like this before. Yeah, that, that's, that's, that's,
0: that's fascinating. You know, I want to talk. Uh, we're going we're gonna to set ourselves another little breathe time here. And then when we come back, I do want to dive into a little bit more of the situation that we're currently facing uh, societally and its impact on some of the decisions and opportunities that are opening up for blacks. You're listening to Bill Myers Inspires right here on the Inspired Choices Network with
2: my guest, Gerald Harkness. We'll be right back. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email BecomeAHost at Inspired You're listening to Bill Myers
0: Inspires. Here on the Inspired Choices Network. We're here every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Thank you for joining us. And now, let's get back to the conversation. Welcome back. We're here with Gerald Harkness, TV director and producer and friend of mine. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, sir. So so Gerald so so black lives matter we've got a, right. we've got a pandemic we've got uh mayhem in washington dc i we we've, we've got circumstances and then we have george floyd and and all that and so how has that informed uh or influenced decisions or opportunities that you see perhaps opening up or closing depending on how you see it um in the hollywood establishment
1: right so i'll answer that in two different ways um and this is and i'm not trying to um put a self plug in but um um i have produced oh
0: a go right ahead
1: <laughs> <laughs> Well, i produced a documentary called facing the facade it uh, came out in early 1994. It was the first documentary I did with um, a mutual friend of ours, uh, Brother Bill Mays, and mm-hmm. it was it was uh, about eight African American students um, and their experiences going to a predominantly white college, uh, living on a white college campus. And the documentary just did okay. Um, my first documentary step did a lot better than it, and then my third documentary was on Damon Bailey, which is. the the least black story you could ever tell. And that did well commercially. So anyway, um, fast forward to this summer, um, someone from IU's black film archives department, uh, a lady named Terry Francis said, you know what, given all that's gone on with George Floyd, I'd like to re-release Face the Facade. So, uh, and then have a panel discussion afterwards. So Bill, man, I was so blown away. They re-released Face the Facade, which is a pretty, gritty, unapologetically black perspective documentary, okay. and put, made it available on YouTube. And, brother, I have heard from people I went to grade school with, people I went to college with, people I've worked with, uh, all white, saying, Gerald, I had no idea that your experiences as an African-American were so different from my experience. Never thought about it. Never hit me never thought that you and others had the challenges that you had to face blew me away. I mean, I had, you know, mm-hmm. people in tears, all this stuff. So I think the the reason why I set it up that way, Bill, is because our stories um, have been neglected. It's it's kind of bittersweet that something I did 24 years ago still resonates today in the wake of uh, George Floyd's murder. But at the same time, I think, um, Mainstream society, African Americans, and Hollywood are waking up to the fact that these stories need to be told. These stories um, do have a market. They can make money. And these stories in some way can do exactly what your podcast is doing, which is foster um, um, insightful, productive, important conversations about race relations. And so um that doesn't mean that these stories aren't entertaining. Um Right. You know, with art with with True First, we we try to do a mix of both comedy and historic uh context. Uh we had a number of stand-up comedians who gave context to the stories because that's how we talk. Bill, when you and I are talking, um <clears throat> a lot of times you and I are cracking each other up. Because, you know, sometimes you have to laugh to keep from crying. But at any rate, so that's a very long-winded, all-over-the-place answer to say that I am encouraged. Um, It's still going to be an extreme challenge to get projects greenlit, no doubt about that. But I've seen um, in the last three or four months networks being far more open, to having conversations about stories that I've been wanting to do and I've been pitching for about a year, a year and a half. And I've Mm -hmm. even had clients come to me saying, you know what, I I was so moved or I am so moved about Black Lives Matter that, you know, I'm now thinking about doing this project or I'm thinking about doing that project. What do you think? So, um, you know, the hope and the prayer is that these stories, Um, do become more mainstream, do become more in demand for the marketplace. Um, And I think we've got a good shot at that happening because of, you know, the demographic shift, you know, what is it, 2040? It's going to be the the minority majority. And so um, Hispanics and blacks and Asians and, you know, they have Netflix subscriptions too. (laughs) They've got
2: got subscriptions
1: to Hulu too. And, you know, and, and so I, I do see it's, you know, it's, it's the cliche. We still have a long way to go, which we do, but I can say from a personal standpoint, I have seen an uptick in interest for, uh, stories of inclusion. So, um, so while that, that door is slightly cracked, you know, it's up to brothers like us, like you doing with your podcast and me, hopefully doing with projects that, you know, we, we try to help open that door a little bit more um because these stories are so important and they're entertaining man there's just there's so much fun to tell
0: we just need to be kind to the young people because when that time comes when it you know really turns around and is far more accessible you and I both are going to need to have some young legs pushing us in our wheelchairs <laughs> <and> <laughs> it's true into That's the true. theaters that we so that we can sit there and <laughs> high five one another for you know ninety minutes or so um right so right, right, exactly right.
1: <laughs>
0: I know that was out there um no, so, no. so so here's the deal. What do you think about uh gentlemen that uh have been able to develop cultivate their Uh, even, even studios. I mean, of course you've got Tyler Perry, you, you know, you've got, uh, and I'm very curious about uh, the work of Byron Allen. He fascinates Uh, me.
1: He fascinates me. Bill, he's, you know, Tyler Perry, um, you know, has had such a phenomenal trailblazing career um yeah uh, you know on a personal level i'm not a big fan i just his, his work just doesn't speak to me i'm probably the sure. minority of that but i certainly got to respect what the brothers done hey man byron allen is the beast byron yeah. allen is is in the game uh and 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 is going to shake head uh shake heads he's a little bit more of a maverick he's a little bit more of the outsider um who built his own empire his own way and is now uh trying to get the re- trying to get the industry to to recognize him as the mogul he truly is where someone like tyler yeah. perry no fault of his own um uh, you know made it within the system if that makes sense you know he got in with the right people sure. and in Lionsgate, the right studios oprah loved him, and all, all all that stuff so so he was anointed by people byron allen did it his own way, on his own terms, and um, I know that he's—he's, he's, you know, he's been trying to get. Uh, I know he's had some legal battles, which I, I wish I was a little what? bit more versed on what he's gone through. But man, that brother's bad, man. Byron Allen. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's the that's the Jeff Bezos class, there, boy. I mean, he's
1: <laughs> he's an Amazon
0: guy. I mean, you know what I mean? He's yeah. he's he's that kind of uh, that kind of big. Uh, I am excited. Yeah. And and certainly keeping my eyes wide open to see um, how that all shakes out for him. Because I believe what you're referring to as far as the legal matter is I believe he's in a court case with Comcast or something like that. Yeah. A discrimination right. suit or something yeah. um, for people sort yeah. of keeping, again, keeping black um, uh, producers and, and, and content owners out of the marketplace. Again, we're talking yeah. about racism and it is very... Very real, you know. It, uh, is, it so is. For it instance, is. one of the points I, I wanted to, to to shine a light on is the idea that okay, so even when we can openly admit that history and and these historic tales of of achievements of African Americans may not be you know the top uh, drawer's uh, choice as far as studios and whatnot picking it up. The part I want to challenge is to say, "Yeah, but yeah. it's a difference." You or I walking in with those stories, and oftentimes, right. someone who is white will walk in covering the black story, yeah, and it man. actually moves forward. And I so, know, I yeah. I just yeah. I, I just want to call that out, you know, because it's real. It's not a bias. I'm not, you know, it, it's it's just the way it is. I mean, I'm amazed that. It is a Ken Burns who, of course, will lay out jazz and everything else. Yeah. And I, I was president of, you know, African American Jazz Caucus. And there's a lot of debate about why that had to go like that. Uh, there are plenty right. of of uh, very qualified uh, Black filmmakers and people who have strong interest in Black right. stories who are African American, so on and so forth. Uh, yeah. But they yeah. can't get the time of day with these stories. And I am That's just true. wanting to. To ask what is it that suddenly uh, makes it feel differently when someone white decides to, I'm going to tell that that black story, you know, and everybody yeah. goes, hey, yeah. Well, I mean,
1: that is uh, it. It, hmm. it 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 literally that is something that um, infuriates me so much that it it it, it uh, the, the high blood pressure definitely goes up because it's just that. I, I know of personal situations of, um, of, of, I, I, I'll put it like this. I know, I know of situations here in Indianapolis of where a black person pitched a story idea to a network, a white person pitched the same idea to black story, and the white person got the denied. I'm personally yeah. seeing people who are taking work that I've already done and repeating it and maybe updating it and having a budget three times, the budget that I have, um, Ken Burns is, um, you know, um, he's, he's, he's PBS's go-to guy. He's their Spielberg. And so, and, and I want to be it, clear.
0: It, I want to be clear, Gerald. Yeah. I, I'm not taking a yeah. shot at Ken Burns. He does. No, fine I'm not work I'm not also. Either. You know what yeah, I mean? I'm so,
1: so. Yeah. I'm not either. Uh, it, it's, but it's, you know, it's, it's, people can't get past the fact that they're just usually going to, they're going to work with people that, that they can relate to, that they feel familiar and comfortable with, which is, which is incredibly frustrating. That's probably the most frustrating thing in this business, man, is when I see, you know, either it happens to me or it happens to friends of mine who are, who are, who are very, very talented, who can't get a shot, but, you know, some cat who's mediocre at best can get can get repetitive shots, and yeah. I you know I I, I never I do want to you know, say that, this I, I've never a, a... go ahead go ahead I've, I've got some well go the, ahead. the biggest thing I wanted to say is that I don't I'm I'm not one of those I remember Spike Lee went off when Spielberg did Color Purple which I felt was um which I felt was unfair any storyteller has a right. um, she or he has a right to say or tell whatever story they want to do. And there's been some uh, great black movies with, you know, movies with black uh, storylines directed by white directors that were fantastic. Um, I remember with, with True First Bill, I was trying to hire an editor who's white, and he said, well, you know, am I the right person to edit your project because I'm a white guy? And I was like, well, remember you edited Andy Gibb with me? Andy Gibb is white the last time I checked, and I'm a black guy who told the story. So I I don't get into that part of the game. Yeah, no. I will say this, though. I will say this, though. There is a. There's sort of like this intangible, indescribable, emotional space that uh, a black director is more. can do a better job with telling a black story usually than a white person. A lot of times when I do see white people direct stories, and a lot of them are good. I'm not saying that they're not, but a lot of them are superficial. They're very, they're overly academic and they're very, very cliche. And so what I try to do is just to be as visceral and um, as unapologetic about the narrative as possible, especially in the world of documentary, I've got facts on my side. And so usually I'm like, look, if I I stick by the facts, which are usually entertaining in themselves, then I'm going to do pretty good. But I'm not a cut and paste, you know, I'm not just a point and shoot, you know, superficial dude. You got to get into the soul of a project and the soul of a story. So I do think we're better at doing that. But I'm certainly not trying to say that white shouldn't tell black stories and black shouldn't tell white stories. That yeah, part, I don't agree. I,
0: yeah, I'm I'm with you on that, and and there's no part of my being that subscribes to that. Particularly, and and right. there are certainly there are certainly look if you do the work, and, i.e., if you are the producer or director and you are tasked with a black story, um, and you are white, uh, if you did the work. If you did the work, I'm, I'm talking about the research, the conversations, sure, the entrenchment bigger, sure. into right. really getting your fingers in the dirt, you know, as far as the story and the understanding and the passion of that thing, then all by all means, <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Let it rip. Yeah, go for it. Uh, right. But but yeah. you're right. A lot of times guys don't go nearly that far and will just sort no. of slough that off and treat it as if it was the same or equivalent to uh, a, 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 a white. Story. and it's like boy yes. there, first of all there's just numerous undercurrents and, and dynamics exactly. that that yeah. make it very right. different
1: <laughs> right. right away. Undercurrents is a great undercurrents is a great word. I mean you want to get into the soul of the narrative and undercurrents and the little details and the anecdotal nuances, all those little nuggets that you, you that you got to dig for. They don't come natural but, mm-hmm. but that's sometimes overlooked in the, in, 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 in those narratives. So, so anyway, but it's, it's, you know, but to your point, I, I, I share your frustration with that. It drives me nuts. You and I've had multiple discussions about it, but you know, at the end of the day though, you just got to keep plugging for trying to tell the stories that you really want to tell. But at the same time, you have, so I also have to, recognize that there's a commercial aspect to, to storytelling. So you have to find that balance of, you know, telling a compelling narrative, but also making sure, you know, cats aren't turning the channel once you're, once your project's on, because it's competitive, man. You know, there's 10,000 channels out there and 10,000 options people can be watching. So you got to make sure you get people hooked. So they watch, uh, watch the story you tell.
0: You know, there's, there's one other little piece I do want to, to sort of, uh, put the light on here, and that is because of there being so few opportunities, oftentimes for uh, black uh, creatives uh, to 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 launch these projects. Uh, they're not they don't have the same uh, uh, success failure rate. Meaning, if you do a bad job, you know, or a, a marginal job. That might be your last job. What I wanted to say is that that is not necessarily the case when you are dealing with someone who's white because they could have five, ten abject failures and still, you know, searching for a decent project. I didn't say good. I didn't say great. I'm just saying decent. And that's the unfortunate thing is that the, the there's so much pressure on that one thing yeah. you don't get a chance to sort of phone it in ever you know and never never if never. you don't deliver something extraordinary you that might be the first and the last project you ever can put your hands so on true
1: man yeah i'm yes yeah, so true i'm 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 so glad you said that because i think it's now this is in the 90s so it might have been a little bit different then but i remember i read a statistic like if you make your first film you know, scripted or documentary or otherwise, there's a 70% chance you will never make another film again. And so it is hard to, um, maintain, you know, man, when, when, you know, when I met you in the nineties, um, there were, I won't say their names, but there are a lot of white owned production companies and white producers and directors doing documentaries. Um, Mm -hmm. I look around outside, I don't see them around anymore. So, um, So I I, I say that to say that, you know, I think you and I both were very, very blessed to have it. You know, I think Mm -hmm. you know how to tell stories that resonate with the audience. And that's what, that's what the staying power is because, you know, a lot of times you get one shot, man. And if you don't deliver, if you don't make the money back, if it doesn't, if it doesn't hold up well creatively or narratively, that might be it, Jack, that might be the last shot you get. So, um, so, yeah, man. So I like I like the pressure, though. I love the challenge of knowing that I got to bring it every night, you know, knowing that every project I got to bring my A game and then and, and I've got to take it to another level. Um, yeah. So for me, that's good. Project. That's good pressure to have. Yeah. I
0: Yeah. I kind of I kind of eat it for breakfast, you know, right. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I wake up. It's not enough pressure. I'm going back to sleep, right. you know. <laughs> Uh, I don't feel nearly threatened enough. I, I must Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, man, it's it it's it's interesting and and I don't say any of those things from the standpoint of sort of griping or bemoaning it. I'm just trying I to call right. it call it out for what it is and and for people to to understand that um from different perspective the process uh is is just different. Do you understand what I mean? It, it's just different. I do. It's not the same. It it's different. not the same. It's not equal. Right. It's not, let's not kid ourselves. And so, right. um, but I think that, you know, I am, uh, again, I'm very grateful that we've been able to sort of take a peek into the, the industry, the entertainment industry, the storytelling industry, the documentary industry, the production industry, the television industry these the media industry and we've been able to decipher certain common threads which have to do with you know it's it, the capitalism being the predominant thing and unfortunately yeah, man, I, yeah. i'm i'm a believer that also thinks that there are some things that are that uh cannot be bought or are beyond have greater value right. than money and and right, unfortunately that's yeah. part of that history and we we yeah. just must remain dil- you know vigilant and diligent at the same time to seek out every last opportunity that we can push into that and get those stories told and share that with the world. Gerald, it has been a pleasure having you here today. Uh, Thanks, brother.
1: Thanks for inviting me.
0: Yes, True First. Uh, It is on the Urban Movie Channel. Folks, you need to do yourself a a great favor and uh, subscribe to the Urban Movie Channel and check this out. You're listening to Bill Myers Inspires right here on the Inspired Choices Network. Bye-bye. Thank you for spending your afternoon right here with us at Bill Myers Inspires. Remember, we're here every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Inspired Choices Network. Remember to take time this week to take a breath and look within yourself and figure out how you can make a positive difference in this world. Spread the word, and we'll see you here next Friday.